You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Welcome back, everyone, to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Christodoulou. It is April 2nd, 2022, and today we are continuing on with our On the Clock series and are picking with the San Francisco 49ers of the NFC West. So my 49ers fans, before we get into it, make sure you comment down below. Let me know who you would like to see the 49ers go after in this year's draft. If you enjoy the video, hit that like button and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the teams. We're doing all 32 of them as we work our way through this month of April. And without further ado, let's get started. So nine picks total for the 49ers. Typically how we do these videos, we start with a day three pick and then a day two and then a first round selection to cap things off. Now, because the 49ers do not have a first round pick, we're going to do a day three, a guy that's potentially a day two to day three with the amount of bulky picks that they have there sitting in like those fourth, fifth and sixth rounds. There's a ton of possibilities that the 49ers can kind of do there. And then ultimately we'll talk about their highest selection, their number two pick or excuse me, number 61 overall pick in round number two. So with the team needs, I have identified three of them. We have ourselves a wide receiver, which not a pressing need and probably the least of these three that I have listed out here. Excuse me, offensive guard and then defensive line. Defensive line a little bit more general because there's a couple of places I feel they could go after and I've picked one of the two. And we will start off with our day three pick. And like I said, it's not a pressing need, but one that I wouldn't mind seeing the 49ers add to to just help surround the talent around Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback for next season. Because I'd be honest, if I was honest, I would have thought Jimmy Garoppolo was gone by now. I'm surprised he's still there. So with that being said, whoever is still there come see, uh, you know, the season and week one, I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback, but more talent is always going to help. So I think a guy like wide receiver Javon Hillai out of Coastal Carolina, this guy has a ton of upside and the fact that everyone has him labeled as a day three makes him a perfect person for the 49ers to go after late in the draft. This guy, 464 snaps out wide, 175 snaps in the slot. So he brings some versatility while he's mainly an out wide guy. He shows that he can play in the slot. And I've even seen a lot of people project him to be more of an in the slot guy, which works because Debo Samuel is kind of all over the field. Brandon Ayuk is more of an outside guy. And then your slot receiver position is sort of up in the air. So why not got a guy like Javon, who is, you know, again, projected to be more of a slot receiver than anything else anyways. You bring him in, he was a touchdown machine, 17 over the last two seasons, and a 54.5% contested catch rate. This guy can go up and get the ball, and for somebody who is going to have a cannon of an arm like Trey Lance, get him a guy who's able to go up and high point those catches. There's potential that he maybe overthrows a shot or two, and Javon Hale, or excuse me, Halai, I believe is, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. I'd be lying to you guys if I said I did. So let me know if you know the exact pronunciation down below, please. But bringing in a guy like him who is so good at winning those tough catches would only help increase the efficiency of Trey Lance when he comes in here and make his job a little bit easier. And that's what you should be doing in this year's draft is preparing for Trey Lance's ultimate start, whether it ends up being in week one or maybe at some point down the line in the season, who knows? 
I'm very curious to see how you 49ers fans are going to react during this year. Should Jimmy Garoppolo start and things maybe aren't going as well as they did last year? You know, will the calls for Trey Lance start to get loud? Will Mike Shanahan, you know, have his hand forced in, in you know, using his number three overall pick from last year's draft? But there are some cons to his game. And again, this is why he's a day three guy and why I think that he's somebody you can you can bring in and kind of mold into the guy you need him to be. He, his play strength isn't great. He's young, so he has time to get stronger and bulk himself up and get a little bit better, but he tends to get knocked off his routes a little bit. So that was one of the probably the biggest knocks that I saw when I was doing my research on him. That came up in a lot of different areas that I looked at. Some people think also that it's a little bit concerning the lack of cornerback talent he went against playing in Coastal Carolina. He didn't go against a ton of amazing teams, so they think that maybe his stats are a little bit more inflated because of that fact. And he does have a 7% drop rate this past season, which is a little bit concerning, but, you know, it, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it was just, you know, situational. You know, never, never necessarily know. I, there are players that come into the league with really high drop rates who become excellent wide receivers and then vice versa, like great hands in college and then they're butterfingers in the NFL. That's one of those things where you'll see when you get there, but it is a thing worth noting as we go through the draft process here. But Javon Hillai out of Coastal Carolina booked that day three pick. I mean, there you guys have a litany of picks in those later rounds. If he's sitting on the board somewhere in like rounds five, six, seven, go after him. Why not take a flyer? Add to your already very talented receiving group of Debo Samuel, of Brandon Ayuk, of George Kittle. Why not get yourself another potential weapon over there to catch passes from whoever the starting quarterback is? Next up on my list here, coming in at a day three to two pick because realistically it it doesn't seem like anyone is it, it, anyone is in like super agreement on where he's going to go he's hailing out of ohio state and he is an edge rusher and i'm looking at tyreek smith now this guy is an athlete is an excellent potential edge rusher and i really think that despite the fact that he didn't have as many sacks as you'd like to see him have, he came with a ton of pressure. And, and so his sacks did not really match the pressure rate that he was able to put on. 20.2% pass rush win weight for this guy. He was excellent when it came to getting after the football. But again, he didn't get the sacks you'd want. He only had three in 2021. But, I mean, the guy has experience on an excellent team in an excellent, you know, going up against excellent teams himself, playing teams like Utah, Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon last season. And he has that athletic profile and mold to fit the edge rush perfectly. 6'3", 245 pounds. He's very athletic. This is the type of guy that you want to bring in on the edge as a project in that like day two to three. Like if you're looking at the rounds, it's probably like round three or four. That's why I have it kind of sitting in the middle there. And the reason I bring him up is mainly because D Ford, I'm starting to think his best days are behind him. I really like D Ford and it was fun watching him when he was playing really, really well, but his play has steadily declined due to injuries and just not being able to stay on the football field and his effectiveness as a pass rusher is not quite what it used to be. So I think ultimately it's time for San Francisco to start looking at options there. And again, don't spend a day, you know, your second round pick. You're, you know, you're using one of those later round picks or maybe putting a package together to trade up to get him if you feel like he might get off the board. But Tyreek Smith fits the bill. And again, he's a project player. It will take him a little bit of time to really reach his full potential, but he has that build in profile that you want. Now, he does struggle at time 
at times, excuse me, to shed blocks in the run game. So that is something he's going to need to work on, but that's a technique thing more than anything else and can definitely be adjusted. And he does have an injury history. He missed some games in 2019 and in 2020, which is why I project him to fall a little bit in the draft teams. You know, you see injury history and it's like, Ooh, stay away from me. I don't want to touch that. So definitely an opportunity to get him somewhere at the end of day two or potentially early parts of day three. If he does slip that fall, I'm more thinking he's a round three selection than anything else, but I definitely could see him going in rounds four, five, probably at worst. So a possibility he ends up being a day three guy, but a guy nonetheless that I think San Francisco with the way they've been able to produce pass rushers and you have Nick Bosa over there, bring in a guy like Tyreek. He can learn from Bosa and ultimately you end up potentially having a very good pass rushing tandem on the edges there for San Francisco and something that I think you 49ers fans would definitely love to see. Now, for their big selection in the second round at pick number 61, I have selected probably the least sexiest pick possible, but a pick nonetheless that I feel needs to be addressed in this draft because of the free agent lost in this year's free agency period. And I'm looking at offensive guard and I'm looking at Memphis and I'm looking at guard Dylan Parham out of Memphis because you need to figure out what to do minus Lankin Tomlinson. For all the love that Trent Williams gets over there, because he is literally, in my opinion, the best left tackle in the NFL. You guys got a really good one there. Lankin Tomlinson, unsung hero of the run game, and he was still a really good pass protector at that. If you're bringing in Dylan Parham, you're bringing in versatility. He has played both right tackle and offensive guard. So, you know, he can do a couple of different things should any injuries happen. Or maybe, you know, you put him at guard, things aren't working out. You move him somewhere else along the line, whether it's the left or the right side. There's a couple of different things you can do with him. And at this point in the NFL, when you bring in a lineman who can do multiple positions, that only increases his value to the team and ends up being a more desirable asset for the team. He's also praised for being very athletic and quick for an offensive lineman, which when you consider what the 49ers do on offense, you guys run one of the craziest, most well-thought-out systems I've ever seen. And so praise to Mike Shanahan for what he does. I love the offense that he runs over there. Sometimes his situational play calling makes me scratch my head. However, I still love what he does on offense. I think he's one of the best brains in the NFL when it comes to that sort of stuff. So you want a guy like him who can move quick and run that, you know, you're running Trent Williams at fullback here. So obviously you want, if you could bring in another guy who could do something like that to really disguise your offense, well, why the hell not, you know? And he also has an excellent motor and he's praised for always keeping his feet chugging during the play. And you want to see that from offensive linemen. Guys that do not quit and just keep those legs turning so they do not get beat. Now, he's a little bit light, 285 pounds, but not a big deal. Again, guys coming out of college, they have time to put on weight. When they get into an NFL system, they are definitely going to grow, put on some size, and get to where they need to be. So nothing I'm really too concerned with, but I noticed a lot of people talking about that when I was doing my research on him. Uh, there's also, again, another thing that was brought up with the wide receiver selection I had in day three, concern about talent that he played. He only went against Mississippi State as the lone power five school that he was up against in the last two seasons. And his play strength is also something that leaves a little bit to be desired, which again, kind of goes along with putting on the size, getting in the weight room, bulking yourself up, becoming a man instead of a boy coming out of college. So 
the concerns are minimal where the upside is there, the tendencies and the, you know, the intangibles and just like the heart and soul and motor that you can't teach some players because some players just have it and others don't is there. And I think that Dylan Parham will help bring back stability to the offensive line, which I don't think it's going to be bad if they don't do, you know, a selection like this, but I think you can't go wrong with picking good offensive linemen, especially in the NFL these days. I'm a big offensive line guy. If you don't know me, I am a Colts fan, and I am a, my favorite player in the NFL right now is Quentin Nelson. And I know what it's like to experience good offensive line play, and I know what it's like to experience horrendous offensive line play and watch my favorite quarterback retire. So with that in mind, I would be a big fan of the 49ers selecting a guard in the second round at pick number 61. But that is my preview for the draft for the San Francisco 49ers. Let me know what you think in the comment section down below, my 49ers fans. And again, hit that like and subscribe button, and I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.